So I grew up in church, uh, went every week with my mum and dad, up until about the age of 15 when I was given the choice as to whether I wanted to go back or not. I chose not to go back as I preferred playing football. So I had a 14 year professional football career. I played for Celtic, Swindon, Huddersfield, St Johnson and Stirling Albion. I played against Man United, Barcelona, played in front of 50-60,000 fans, uh, swapped tops with David Beckham. So great times, but I just had a feeling um, throughout that something was always missing. Well, a few years later, my wife was doing the Alpha course. Uh, she came back in one night and said, I'm doing it. I said, doing what? She said, I'm going to be a Christian. In fact, I am a Christian. I was like, what? So prompted me to go and have a go at Alpha. Found myself really enjoying it. Uh, I was getting a lot of questions answered and then one week I just had this overwhelming moment where it all clicked for me and I thought this is a time for me to be a Christian. Uh, since experiencing God's love for the first time I have found a sense of contentment that was missing before. Um, I'm a lot calmer as a person. Since Jesus came into my life, everything has changed for the better. Fantastic. What a goal that was in that video. Did you see that 25-yard chip into the top corner? That was amazing. Chris is right here. That was some goal, Chris. I mean, seriously. Wow. I have dreams where I score goals like that. You've actually done it. That's amazing. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, Merry Christmas. Welcome um, to you. My name's Jim. I'm one of the pastors here. And we're just so glad that you've come to Carols at Kings today. I wonder if I was to ask you what your most vivid and most abiding Christmas memory was. I wonder what your answer would be. For me, it was um, 1985, maybe 1986, somewhere around there, but it was Christmas morning, 1985, 1986, something like that, and I walked down the stairs of the house that I grew up in, in a small village just a dozen or so miles from here called Fletching, and as I walked down the stairs, there before me, all my dreams had come true. So I was like 10, um, maybe 11 years old, and... Um, all I wanted for Christmas, I'd wanted it for ages, I'd hoped for it and I asked for it and I wondered if I might get it, was a snooker table. And um, here I am, here's me playing um, snooker on that Christmas day. Um, I loved watching snooker, I was very rock and roll as a 10 year old. And um, here I am on that Christmas day with the obligatory Christmas cracker hat. They haven't changed in 30 years, have they? Christmas cracker hats are still the same. Here I am with the snooker table, and this was a dream come true for me. I love playing snooker. Here I am performing my art. This table was my canvas. The cue was my paintbrush, and I had high ambitions as a kid. I wanted to be the next Steve Davis. Now, half of you in this room, or maybe more than that, have no idea who Steve Davis is. He was a very famous snooker player in the 1980s. I grew up watching snooker players like Cliff Thorburn, who had the largest moustache known to humanity, and um, Dennis Taylor, who had this strange upside-down 
glasses, and of course, Steve Davis. And I wanted to be a snooker player. I even had the whole outfit. I didn't want to just play snooker. I wanted to look like a real deal, authentic 1980s snooker player. So I also asked my mum and dad for Christmas one year, can you get me please a black shirt with a white tie? Because when I play snooker, I want to look like a snooker player. And they did. And I'm telling you, I look sharp. I look pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, there is no photographic evidence to prove to you how sharp I looked. Uh, but it was a good look. Maybe I should recreate that at some point. So I don't know. But I love playing snooker. This is one of the strongest and most vivid, vivid Christmas memories for me. Walking downstairs on Christmas morning and seeing the table. I, I can remember watching um, snooker with my granddad. My granddad died when I was about 10 years old. And I have three very, very strong memories of my granddad. Interesting, often associated with Christmas. One of them was that he taught me how to play the board game drafts. And I can remember playing with him at Christmas time when he came to stay, this board game. And it's a board game I love um, to this day. The second thing is he taught me how to peel an orange. Do you know there's a certain way that you should peel an orange? Anyone know that? Trust me on this. You've got to massage an orange. It's a true story. You've got to show that citrus fruit some love. And if you massage the orange, my granddad taught me this, then the peel comes off much easier. Who knew that? Anyone here know that trick? There you go. That's for free today, a Christmas tip on how to peel an orange. And the third thing I remember about my granddad is watching snooker with him. And so to get a snooker table, well, that was just the best thing. It's amazing how Christmas memories are so strong. I guess that would be the same for everyone in the room today. There's something about this day, isn't there, or this season, where we remember things. And I imagine in this room there's all kinds of memories of Christmas. Some would be joy-filled and full of happiness, and others may be hard or even painful as we think about Christmases that have gone before. Christmas brings up so many different emotions and memories and expectations. For, for some of you here today, you are so excited that there's only two more sleeps till Christmas. You're like Buddy out of the movie Elf. You, you're leaping around, dancing around. You cannot wait until Christmas Day. But I recognize in a room with this number of people, for some of you today, you'll be approaching Christmas this year with a sense of apprehension or sadness or trepidation. Maybe things have happened this year that you weren't planning for and weren't expecting. And actually, this week is going to be a tough time for you. However you are feeling about Christmas, I want to spend a few minutes talking about the fact that whatever our current life circumstances, there is a God of love who is for you and who wants to be with you and who you can know. I want to talk about the wonders of his love, a theme that we've seen um, we've sung, actually, in the Carol Joy to the World, that line, the wonders of his love. You've seen the theme in the videos as well, the wonders of his love. I think this year can actually put quite a lot of pressure on people. I think um, we put pressure on ourselves to deliver, like, the perfect Christmas, the perfect day with the per perfect turkey and the perfect presents and the perfect wrappings and the perfect atmosphere. And we can kind of put ourselves under pressure to kind of make Christmas everything we hoped and imagined it would be. The kind of Christmas that we could share on Instagram and Facebook for the world to see. 
And we can put ourselves under quite a lot of pressure. Actually, if you did a quick Google search and search for um, articles about anxiety and stress at Christmas, you'll find that anxiety and stress levels rocket this time of year, which is a sad thing because it's meant to be about joy and peace. People put themselves under so much pressure to spend money that they don't have on things that they don't need, put themselves under so much pressure to create the perfect day and the perfect meal. The reality is life doesn't always turn out how we plan, but we put ourselves under so much pressure to try and deliver that. Our life isn't always Instagrammable, is it? Our, our life doesn't always look picture perfect. I can remember the Christmas day when one of my children was absolutely covered in chicken pox. And they just spent the day scratching and crying and scratching and crying. And we as parents spent the day crying and covering our child with that weird smelling white lotion that you smother your child on when they have chicken pox. You know, we hadn't planned that for our Christmas day, but life happens. I remember the Christmas day when um, my dad was so unwell and in so much pain that we had to call the emergency doctor. And on Christmas evening, me and my mum were driving in the dark and through the driving rain to the only pharmacy we could find open in Sussex to get emergency medication for him. That wasn't on our list of expectations for Christmas, but life happens sometimes. I read a great story this week. A guy was um, telling about some of his abiding memories of Christmas dinners gone wrong. He said, my mum did the Christmas shopping but she forgot to wear her glasses. So instead of buying a 12 pounds turkey, she brought a 12 kilogram turkey, but never realized until she came to put it in the oven and it wouldn't fit. He says, my memory of Christmas morning that year is coming down the stairs to see my mum in a dressing gown with a cigarette in her mouth, now on the floor with one knee on a turkey the size of an Alsatian with a wood saw sawing it in half, <laughs> trying to get the turkey in the oven. He said, it didn't look much like the perfect turkey in Delia's Christmas cookbook, but it ended up turning out okay. Life doesn't always go to plan. We have these expectations of what it should all be. But if you were to strip it all back, away from the kind of perfect dinners and perfect wrappings and perfect atmosphere, and ask the question, well, what is Christmas actually all about? What would you say? This is the question the Grinch was trying to work out. Anyone seen the movie The Grinch? Um, we watched it as a family on Thursday. There's five movies you should always watch at Christmas, by the way. And this isn't a debate, okay? These are the five. I, I know it's true. Home Alone 1, um, Nativity 1, The Grinch, Elf, and Muppet's Christmas Carol. They are the five, okay? No dispute. There's no argument. The Grinch wants to stop Christmas and then he realizes he can't. And in the book, if you've read it by Dr. Zeus, it says, the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. So what would the answer be if you stripped it all back? This would be my answer. I believe Christmas is ultimately about love. Our strongest and favorite memories are often associated with people that we love. And the reason that Christmas can be hard for us is because we're aware of those that we love who maybe aren't with us or we feel a lack of love. 
The final reading that Mercy read to us from the Bible said this, God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. If you strip it all back, if you look behind the adverts and the deals and the credit card bills and the Black Friday bargains, what you find actually at the core of Christmas is love. You see, there is a God who loves us. You've heard stories this morning from ordinary men and women in our church who have encountered his love. God showed us how much he loved us by entering into our world. He came close. He sent his son Jesus to be born as a baby, to live amongst us, and ultimately to die a death he did not deserve, that we may know God's love. In recent weeks, this venue has been absolutely packed full for a number of um, primary school carol concerts where the nativity has been acted out. We've had kids drumming and angels singing and wise men wondering, maybe you are here for one of those. It's such a privilege for us to host those events. But what is the nativity all about? Well, the nativity is about love. It's about God's relentless love for us. He chose to come. He chose to turn up. He chose to enter into the realities of our world. It's ironic, really. We go to such effort, put ourselves under such pressure, such expense to create the perfect Christmas. When you look at the original Christmas, the first ever Christmas, it wasn't picture perfect. It wasn't Instagrammable. Far from it. Mary was a teenager. She hadn't planned to give birth to the Son of God. You heard in the reading, Joseph didn't know what to do about this. He thought he'd better end the arrangement with Mary, and he wanted to do it to cause the least public disgrace, because here's a teenage girl who is pregnant before marriage, and there would have been accusation and gossip and shame. It's far from perfect, really. They get to Bethlehem. No one's prepared for them to be there. This vulnerable couple whose life had already taken the course of action they weren't expecting, turn up in Bethlehem. No one's made any plans for them to be there. The door shut in their face. They have to find a a, a barn to give birth to Jesus. And then shepherds turn up. I've always wondered this. How do you think Mary felt having just given birth and a bunch of strange men that she didn't know turn up in the room? And shepherds were like, filthy outsiders. They had a reputation. You didn't go near them. They were uncouth. They were irreligious. They were the kind of people you'd never invite to your baby's dedication or christening. And they're the first ones on the scene. I'd imagine Mary felt pretty vulnerable in those moments. You see, the whole thing seems messy and chaotic and less than picture perfect. But it's in this moment and in this place at this time to these people that God chose to demonstrate his love to us. God turned up in human form. That's what these songs that we've been singing declare. And if God is willing to turn up to a young couple and unwelcome shepherds in such messy circumstances, then there's no person too far, no situation too difficult for God to enter into. So my summary of Christmas is this, if you want it in one word, it's love. You are loved. You've heard a number of stories today from people who have encountered God's love, and it's changed their lives. Gabby and Ellis said, we love our career, but that's not what gives us our identity. What we know is we are loved by God. 
Pauline, who turned up a year or so ago with her cute little dog, wondering what kind of welcome she would receive, said this, I found that unconditional love that I'd always wanted was waiting for me. Chris, having had a career as a pro footballer, playing against some of the biggest clubs in the world, said, since experiencing God's love for the first time, I found a sense of contentment that was missing before. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about God's love. Everyone, and it doesn't matter who you are, whether you have money or not, whether you have a job or not, whether you are young or whether you are old, all of us need to know that we are loved. And and Christmas tells us that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to present the Instagrammable version of ourselves. God sees us as we are, and he comes to us as we are. He sees behind the personas that we put on for other people's benefits. He sees behind the social media posts that look all so perfect, and he loves us just the same. God is love. And God showed us how much he loved us by sending Jesus in human form. He came near. The Bible says this is how we know God loves us, that while we were doing our own thing, while we were ignoring our our lives, carrying on with our lives, ignoring God, he came and he was born and he lived and he died for us. So whether this week carries a sense of joy and excitement for you, or whether this week carries with it a sense of loss and longing, whatever your expectations are for Christmas this year, my prayer for you today is this, that you may know the God who is love and who breaks into the ordinariness of our lives. My my prayer for you this Christmas is this, that you may know that you are loved. Loved by a God who does not stay distant from us. Loved by a God who does not wait for us to get all of our stuff together before he breaks into our lives. Loved by a God who chose to come to ordinary people to demonstrate that he will come to anyone who is willing to receive him. And you can know God's love here, now, today, in this place. In a few minutes' time, I'm going to just come back here and I'm going to just say a short prayer. But before that happens, the band are just going to perform a song for us. I'd ask you just to stay seated for this. Maybe reflect on the words that they're singing. Maybe reflect on the wonders of God's love as we listen to this together.
wonders of his love for us to know. You can know God's love. It's real. It's something you can encounter. Just like Chris in the film, just like Pauline, just like Gabby and Ellis, just like thousands upon thousands of others whose life has been changed by knowing the love of God. This story that we celebrate at Christmas of the Nativity is a story of a God who is real, who comes to us, who wants to know us. And my prayer for you is that you may know his love today. We have prepared for every one of you, we'd love for each of you to take a gift from today, just a decoration that speaks of the wonders of his love and let the doors through to our coffee house and on the entrance there will be a gift for every one of you. We'd love for you to take this today as a reminder of you being with us and a reminder of the love of God. But as I mentioned, I would like to pray. This line that's been the theme of our morning, the wonders of his love, comes from that hymn, Joy to the World. We sang it earlier on. And there's a verse, the first verse in Joy to the World says this, Joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king. 
Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world. God has come amongst us. It's joyful news. But there's an invitation here. Let every heart prepare him room. There's something we need to do to receive the love that God is offering us. And I want to say a short prayer right now. And it may be that you're here. And I don't know whether you are like Buddy the Elf this week, looking forward to Christmas. Or whether actually you're staring ahead to this week with some fear. But I want to pray that you may know the love of God. And so it may be that as I pray these words, you may just want to repeat them in your own head, in your own mind, in your own heart as a prayer yourself. Simple words. So I wonder, just as a sign of respect, if you're comfortable with this, I'm just going to ask us to close our eyes. And if you want to pray this for yourself today, then just follow the words that I say in your own mind. Father God in heaven, I thank you that you sent Jesus to be born a baby, to live amongst us, to die a death he didn't deserve. All as a sign of your love for us. And today, Father in heaven, I want to receive this love. I'm sorry for living my life as if you did not exist. And today, in this place, I want to prepare room in my heart for you. That I may know the wonders of your love. Amen. Amen. Now maybe that you prayed that prayer and you want to talk to someone about it, you want to find out more about what Christianity is all about, I just encourage you in your King's Life magazine, towards the back there is a form, a Get Connected form. And if you want to talk to someone about Christianity, if you want to talk to someone about what it means to know God's love, then there's a box you can tick that simply says, I want to talk to someone about Christianity. You can fit in your details. You can tick that box, leave that form with a member of our hosting team in the blue t-shirts, and we would love to be in touch with you in the new year. We're so grateful that you've come today. We're going to sing our final carol. So I wonder if you can stand to your feet as we sing together one more time. <laughs>